You're listening to a message provided by Antioch Bible Baptist Church in Gladstone, Missouri. We intend this to be a helpful resource to you as you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. This is intended especially for those who are unable to attend our worship gatherings and therefore were unable to hear the teaching of God's Word. This should not replace your gathering with our church as a member. If you're checking us out for the first time and are looking for a church to visit, we hope that you enjoy this content and that it impacts you personally. Thanks for listening. Hey, Antioch. Thanks for watching online. I know it's just a different season we're in. I think this is week six, and so thank you for joining us. I know it's got to be a different dynamic in your living room with kids and all that stuff going on or wherever you're watching, so uh, we, we get that, and so we're just encouraged by uh, you joining us, and, and also perhaps it's your first time to be a part of this, and we welcome you to our Antioch, our Antioch family. Uh, if you're like me, you've probably been watching a little more news than normal, and I find myself maybe watching sometimes too much news at night, and so I've kind of backed myself off, and I'll watch maybe a, one night and don't watch them for a couple of nights, just to, because you watch all the news, man. It depends who you're watching and looking at. You just there's a lot of lot of bad news, and rightfully so. There's a lot of challenges with the coronavirus, and you have different act, factions and things going back and forth. And so we we understand and we we feel the weight of that, and we see that. We think about what's happening in our country. Over 600,000 cases of coronavirus, according to the CDC. According to John Hopkins University and their uh, instructions, and they're looking at all the details, uh, over 30,000 people have, have died because of the coronavirus. Let that sink for 30,000 people. Uh, Gladstone, where our church is located, has 25,000 people in our community. It's over, uh, that Gladstone just being wiped out. It's, it's, it's over the top. It's just hard to grasp and to believe what's happening. So we, we see this, this kind of news. There's also coronavirus collateral damage. Uh, we think about uh, the abused children and family members and spouses due to uh, social isolation and just family stress and maybe substance abuse that's happening. And our heart goes out to that. I understand that in Kansas City recently, there, uh, that uh, domestic violence has gone up over 20%, even in our own city. And so with all the bad news, there, there is some good news. Uh, there, there's the good news that it seems like we're making some progress. There's, there's the good news of those in the medical profession who are uh, on the front lines, even risking their lives for the lives of others. We think of corporations and individuals who are donating money and resources. Millions, probably billions of dollars have been donated out of the goodness of people's heart to help other people. So those are, those are good things that we see happening that are encouraging to us. If you have your Bible, I want to invite you to join me in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Today is a, a, a good day for some good news out of Romans chapter 8. We're beginning a new series together as a church in the book of Romans chapter 8 called Nothing Can Separate Us. One of the key themes that weaves its way throughout chapter 8 is the theme of freedom and the theme of assurance that we have and confidence that we have in Jesus Christ. It's been said that the greatest book in the world is the Bible and the greatest letter in that book is the book of Romans. And the greatest chapter in that letter is chapter 8. And the greatest verse in chapter 8 
is verse 1. So if you have your Bible, join me in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but who walk or live according to the spirit. So what's the good news about the good news? The good news is the message or the declaration of no condemnation, no condemnation. This opening sentence in chapter eight is is emphatic. There is now, therefore, no condemnation. When you come across the word therefore, it's always good to ask, why is therefore, therefore? And the word therefore takes us back to chapter six and chapter seven, where Paul in chapter six, verse one says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Of course not. Then in chapter 6, verse 14 and 15, he says, Let not sin therefore reign or rule or control your mortal body that you should obey the desires thereof. We all know what that's like to let our life be controlled by something other than the Spirit of God or the, the work of Christ in our life. And then Paul in chapter 7 embraces this dilemma of the struggle of sin. And so he says things like this in chapter 7. The things I want to do, I find myself not doing. The things I shouldn't be doing, I find myself doing. And so Paul, just in transparency, says, I'm struggling. There are certain things I'm struggling with. I think we all could say that. I can say that. I'm sure you could say that in your own life, even in this season of COVID-19, that there are certain things that are happening because of social isolation and more time with the family and things that are happening. Maybe we become more irritable and uh, we become angry or frustrated or we, we say things we wish we hadn't said or shouldn't have said to our spouse or to our children or to a family member. So we all understand that struggle with sin. And then in verse 25, Paul makes this dynamic statement. He says, O wretched man that I am, O worthless man that I am, who will save me from this death, the sin of death? And the answer is Jesus. So now as we move into chapter 8, we, we understand where Paul writes this, there is now therefore no condemnation. The word now is in the present tense, something happening now. The very moment you said yes to Jesus, the now took effect in your life. Now. According to Douglas Moo, professor of biblical studies at Wheaton College, The word now indicates a new era, a new period of salvation through Christ's death and his resurrection, his death and resurrection. And so then the word no, the word no means 
Absolutely not. Never. Nothing. Nada. No means no. As a parent, we get that. We will instruct our children. No, you can't do that. You can't watch that. You can't whatever. We say no and they'll ask again. And I, we say no. And maybe sometimes the parent, you said, hey, no means no. I, I heard that as a kid and I said that as well as a parent. No, you can't do that. The word no simply means no. And there is now no condemnation toward those who are in Christ Jesus. The word condemnation is a legal or judicial term that means and defines an adverse sentence or a penalty or a debt. There is now no condemnation to you who are in Christ. Eugene Peterson puts it this way. He calls condemnation a continuous low-lying black cloud, which Paul says no longer hangs over us. It no longer hangs over us. So no doesn't mean less condemnation. No means no condemnation. No condemnation. No condemnation means as a believer, you and I are freed from the penalty of sin. This emphatic no emphasizes the past and the present and the future. There is no condemnation of any kind. Look at Romans Chapter 8, verse 34. Who is to condemn? The questions asked. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So who is there to condemn? Because Christ has done the work, there's no condemnation. And if we're not careful, too often I forget and you can forget that we are no longer under condemnation and we transition into maybe the performance trap or the perfection trap or the pretending trap that if I do more or try harder, if I'm just better, I could somehow earn extra credit with God. If I would, you know, be more like this person. And so we begin to pretend and we're actually trying to be somebody that we're not, to somehow gain favor and attention with God. But the Bible is so clear, there is no condemnation. No condemnation. You can't do enough to gain God's favor. He did it all for us on the cross. There is now no condemnation. Notice that phrase in verse 1. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The word those speaks of believers in Christ. You and I are part of the those. We have been recipients of God's grace. We've been recipients of God's forgiveness and security and faithfulness and love and salvation. For those in Christ, there is now no condemnation. And so not only is there the good news of the message, no condemnation, there's also good news of the cost or sacrifice, Jesus' death, verse 2. In fact, verse 2 now becomes the foundation we build upon from verse 1. Verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death, sin and death. 
The word law here in verse 2, nomos, is a word that means and is determined by the context. It can mean, in the context, mosaic law, like Old Testament scripture, or it can mean a force or an influence. In verse 2, the word law, nomos, means a force or an influence, a, a binding authority or a controlling power by the law. And he says here in verse 2, for the law of the Spirit is life. The law of the Spirit is, is the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. The Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. That is the law of the Spirit. And what he does, the Spirit then sets us free. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we are liberated. In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, that the Holy Spirit is in our life as a down payment awaiting the future redemption. The moment you said yes to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit took up permanent residency in your life and in my life. The work of the Holy Spirit. So we are free in Christ from the binding authority of the law, the controlling power of sin that leads to death because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Look at verse 3. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. The law in verse 3 references the Mosaic law. The law was never intended to bring us into a relationship with God by faith. The law, Galatians chapter 3 verse 24 reminds us, was a, a guardian. All right, it was a guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. And so the law provides, provides parameters and provides guardrails and, and protection, but it doesn't give us salvation or the power over sin and death. And so the law was never meant to secure our relationship with Jesus Christ. The heart of the gospel is what God has done for us. We look in the verse 2 here in verse 3. We find that in verse 3, for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh couldn't do. And so by the flesh weakened means it's not the flesh of our body, like grabbing my arm or the flesh of my body. The word flesh here is to be under the influence of this world. The word flesh here has the idea of a worldly orientation. We talk about the flesh. And so he says here in verse 3, for God has done what the law, the law was good. It was like a schoolmaster and a guardian. But because of our flesh, we we just can't keep the law. There's no, we can't be perfect with that. We can't do that. So God did what the law couldn't do through the sending of his own son, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God condemns sin in the humanity of Jesus Christ. God sent his son. We see it in verse 3. By sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And so God commissioned Jesus Here's Jesus 
100% deity, God, and also 100% man. He sent him to be our sacrifice. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 30, where Jesus said, I and my Father are one. John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word there represents Jesus Christ himself. Stepped into our world in humanity, in the form of a man, and took on sinful flesh without becoming a sinner. Without becoming a sinner. And Paul would put it this way in Philippians chapter 2, where he says in verse 5, Let this mind or attitude be in you, which also is in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon himself the form of a man, and became fashioned as a man, and humbled himself in obedience to death, even the death of the cross. And so we see that picture of Jesus Christ taking a death that we deserved to be able to erase condemnation now because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. And the condemnation that my sin deserves, the condemnation that your sin deserves was put on Jesus Christ. He was condemned for you and I so that you and I would never ever, no, never experience condemnation. He took your place on the cross. He became our substitute for sin. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, that God made him Jesus to be sin for us, who knew no sin that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in, in Jesus. What an amazing transaction. What an amazing gift God has given to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And so the good news, the good news is the message, the declaration, no condemnation. The good news is the cost and sacrifice of Jesus' death. And then the good news is the outcome or the result, which is life change or freedom. We pick it up in verse number four. It continues with verse 3. Let me pick up part of verse 3 and down to verse 4. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. Why? In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh. We don't, who, who walk not according to the orientation of the world and the influence of the world, but according to the spirit of God, according to his spirit. And so in verse 4, Paul declares the purpose for which God condemns sin in the flesh of Jesus Christ. As our substitute, he fulfilled the righteous requirement of the law. Because we, we can't live the law. There's no way. Think about the Ten Commandments. There's no way we can live out the Ten Commandments. By the time of the New Testament, there were over 600 different laws that the religious leaders had put in place. That no one could keep. And Jesus, he made it possible to fulfill that requirement of the law by living a perfect and obedient life. As Romans reminds us, as Philippians 2.8 reminds us, he became obedient unto death, 
even the death of the cross for my behalf and on my behalf and on your behalf. It's been said that Christ becomes what we are so that we might become what Christ is. You see, God not only provides all that we need to be free from condemnation, but he sends the Holy Spirit to work and live in our life with the hearts of believers that makes it possible for us to live a life that is different, to live a life in obedience. You see, to live according to the flesh is to live by the values and orientations of this world. But he saved us from that. It's not that we're going to have those struggles. It's not that we're going to experience temptation and, and give in to temptation. And even in that, even as Paul struggled and said, Oh, wretched, worthless man that I am, there was no condemnation. Think about that, church. We've been set free by the work I might add the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, and there's nothing you and I can do to add to what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. Romans chapter 8, verse 8 will be there next week, but notice in verse 8, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So we still have that propensity. As a believer, no condemnation, we still have that and those desires as John would write about that in 1 John chapter 2, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. We, we all will always battle that. But we got the Spirit of God who helps us, who controls us. We're not talking about sinlessness. That's impossible. We're talking about no condemnation. No matter what I do, what I say, how I act, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus to those who are in Christ Jesus. And to walk according to the Spirit is to live under his control. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled or controlled by the Spirit. Just as someone is influenced by drink, we are influenced by the work of the Holy Spirit. And so we walk according to the Spirit and by God's grace to live a life and to exhibit in my life and your life Christian attitudes and Christian actions that, that honor Jesus Christ. And when we blow it and mess up, we mess up. We're no longer under condemnation. So I hope you feel that and understand what Paul is saying here No condemnation doesn't give us a free pass to live like we want to live. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. But to realize there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And the Holy Spirit begins to work in my life. He begins to work in your life, conforming us, transforming us. God uses people in your Antioch group. God uses people in the dynamic of community here at a local church called Antioch. God will use your spouse. He'll use a friend to begin working in our lives to make us more and more like Jesus. We'll get there as you look at chapter 12 of Romans, where Paul writes a very practical statement in chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that may prove it is that good and perfect will of God. And so even though no condemnation, God's in the process of the work of the Holy Spirit through the dynamic of his word to work in our life to make us more and more and to transform our life to be more and more like Jesus. So following Jesus is not about rules or regulations. Following Jesus is about a relationship. Notice for a moment in in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, kind of stepping back for a moment about the work of the Spirit. It said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. There is no law against love. God had, there's no law against peace and, and faithfulness and gentleness or self-control. And notice it's not the fruits, plural, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's like a, a cluster that, that God wants to work in our life. All nine of these gifts of the Spirit, by God's grace, to manifest themselves in our lives and by God's grace to demonstrate them in our life. So here's the question. God is not condemning you, but why are you condemning yourself? I've been there. Maybe through an act of sin or just an attitude or a thought that I'm not worthy to be what I'm doing or I... I can never match up to somebody else and begin to compare myself with other people, that performance trap, that perfection trap. God's got us. He's got us. The declaration of no condemnation applies to your past, present, and future sins. No condemnation. There's absolutely nothing you can do right now to make you or to make God love you any more than he loves you at this very moment. And there's nothing that you could do that would make God love you any more less at this very moment. It's hard to wrap our arms around that. It's hard to understand that God loves me even in my sin. That God loves me even in my disobedience and unfaithfulness. There's no condemnation. I want to encourage you today. Let this truth sink into your heart and life. That we can live, and so often we live in bondage in our own self. And to know that we are free. We see that again. We don't have time. But in Galatians chapter 5, we're free in Christ. We're free. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so as a Christ follower and believer, embrace that truth. Perhaps as you listen today, you've not put your faith in Jesus Christ. And unfortunately, if you haven't done that, you are under God's judgment. You are under condemnation. You are under the the penalty and the weight of sin. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, But God demonstrated his love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even in our sinful state of not being a believer, God reaches out to you by his grace and by his love and says, Put your faith in me. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. 
believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. For with the heart, man believes into a right relationship with God. And with the mouth, confession is made into God. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. And right where you sit, where you're watching, you can experience new life in Jesus Christ and live under no condemnation. Here it is. No condemnation equals freedom. We are free in Jesus Christ. Right now, we're restricted. You know, many in our homes can't go to work. There's restrictions. But man, in Christ, we have absolute freedom. And church family, friends that are watching, embrace that freedom. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What a great promise. Let me pray with you. Father, honored to call you our Father who is in heaven. Hallowed, holy be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God, we know that your will is being accomplished. We thank you for the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross who took my place and our place. In reality, on the cross, he was condemned He was forsaken for the sins of the world. God, may we embrace this truth of Scripture, no condemnation. And for those who are struggling today with a particular sin, God, draw them to yourself. We we confess our sin before you, and we still, there's, there's no condemnation, God. So those who are struggling or are hurting or think they've stepped out of bounds somehow or or on the bench somehow that that can't get back in the game. God, we've never left the game because there's no condemnation toward us. So I lift up families today and the challenge of what's happening, uh, I think, in our family dynamic in the home and just close quarters and all those kinds of things that can happen. God, I pray for peace and, and I pray for love in those homes. I pray for for our dads that we would, by your grace, lead well and for moms, God, to be encouraged. And we think of single moms and single dads and the dynamic of that and the challenges, Father. We give that to you. And for those that are watching today who have not put their faith in Christ, haven't experienced forgiveness of sin, God, today may they call upon your name. And if that's you, you you could say something just like this. It's not a prayer that saves you, but prayer is the way we communicate with God. You could say, God, I believe in you. I admit that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sin by your grace, realizing there's nothing I can do. So today, at this very moment, I ask Jesus to save me, to come into my life and to change me. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Church family. And friends that are watching, again, man, I love you guys and uh, thankful to be one of your pastors. As Marcus mentioned earlier, if you have a question, prayer need, uh, need help, go to our website, AntiochBBC.org. Scroll down on the home page and there's different ways you can find ways to make those connections. And if today was that, that day for you, today you said, yes, today I put my faith in Christ. There is a link there, How to Know God. We encourage you to go there. Uh, We encourage you to let us know. There's a connection card there. 
let us know you put your faith in Christ. And we had some over Easter put their faith in Christ. We're able to connect with them. We thank God for that. And so, hey, be encouraged today. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I love you and have a great day. God's best to you. Thank you for listening. You're always welcome at Antioch. If you desire more information, please go to AntiochBBC.org. That's AntiochBBC.org. God's best to you.